Welcome to First Formation, spiritual exercise for Christian soldiers looking to get up and pray. Join Pew Pew HQ every weekday morning to hear the good news through grunts and with grunts in the unity of the Holy Spirit as one church forever and ever. Fall in. Psalm 126 When the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who dream. Then our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue with shouts of joy. They said among the nations, The Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us. We are glad. Restore our fortunes, O Lord, like streams in the Negev. Those who sow in tears shall reap with shouts of joy. He who goes out weeping, bearing the seed for sowing, shall come home with shouts of joy, bringing his sheaves in. Habakkuk chapter 2, verses 1 through 5. I'll take my stand at my watch post and station myself in the tower and look out to see what he will say to me and what I will answer concerning my complaint. And the Lord answered me, Write the vision, make it plain on tablets, so that so he may run who reads it. For still the vision awaits its appointed time. It hastens to the end. It will not lie. If it seems slow, wait for it. It will surely come. It will die. It will not delay. Behold, his soul is puffed up. It is not upright within him, but the righteous shall live by his faith. Moreover, wine is a traitor, an arrogant man who is never at rest. His greed is that is as wide as Sheol. Like death, he is never he has never enough. He gathers for himself all nations and collects all as his own all peoples. Philippians chapter three verses seven through eleven. But whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish, in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, righteous, the righteousness from God that depends on faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Good morning and welcome to First Formation. This is Brother Logan Isaac broadcasting from Albany, Oregon. This morning's readings come to us from Psalm 126, Habakkuk 2, and Philippians 3. And Philippians um, is one of my favorite letters of Saul. Um, Philippi is a military colony, and it was so closely aligned with Rome, even though it was in Asia Minor, that the two there was uh, a two-person like mayorship of Philippi. They were called the Duo Weary, two men. Um, and they answered directly to Rome. They lived under the municipal code of Rome rather than local laws like other provincial cities. Um, and Philippi appears most prominently in Acts 16, uh, where Saul and Barnabas meet Lydia, a military dependent, and Des, the jailer of Philippi, um, Des for Desmophylax, which is like the warden or the jailer. Um, and just, let's see, two generations before Paul, well, let's see, if he was, 
Paul's fa- father's generation, uh, when he was, well, I guess, anyway, Philippi in 43 BCE, so about 80 or 90 years before Paul wrote these his letters. It was a site of the Battle of Philippi, um, also known as the Liberator's Civil War, or the war that killed the Republic, because the assassins of Julius Caesar, who made himself emperor, had fled, and Caesar's allies, imperialists, uh, Brutus, I'm sorry, uh, Octavian and Mark Antony, um, pursued Brutus and Cassius Luginus, I think. Um, they that That's where they pursued them to in Philippi, and they, you know, uh, prevailed in battle, and it was the end. And Julius Caesar's uh, detractors and assassins were were done. And with that, the Republic died as well. When Mark Antony and Octavian won, they retired a great number of their own soldiers to, to Philippi. And uh, they he renamed it uh, Victrix Colonia Philippensium or the Victory Colony at Philippi. Um, and so this city is almost like like Appomattox for the Civil War. It's like this was the end. This is where, you know, all the cards were shown and the chips cashed, and the empire would prevail and the republic would cease to be. Um, and so there's a great number of veterans from that retirement. And then a couple of years later, uh, more veterans were retired this time from Octavian's legions. And so by the time Jesus is living and Saul, Jesus and Saul and John the Baptizer are kids, the first generation of military dependents and, you know, some additional veterans, I'm sure, are making up the the vast majority of the city of Philippi. And so if you look at the letter in general, it uses language you don't see anywhere else. He mentions the Praetorian Guard um, he uses the language of soldiers of Christ, etc. But he's a civilian, Saul, talking to a military community in Philippi, the Christians in Philippi. And uh, it's noteworthy because it's also known in scholarly circles as the, the letter to the Philippians, as Saul's letter of joy, because he uses this word rejoice. The English translation is rejoice, you know, something like seven or eight times in a very short letter. But he also, he makes it very clear he's talking to the military. And in this reading in particular, he draws on themes that I think are timeless kind of hallmarks of military service. And that is the expectation that you will lose your life, that what you have is not yours, um, and that self-righteousness doesn't get you anywhere. You can be as arrogant as shit, but that's not going to save your life in in battle. Um, It's much more likely if you're humble uh, and you know what your own limitations are, uh, you'll do much more, you'll, you'll do better. You're more likely to survive, frankly. And that kind of, that's, I mean, that's why um, boot camp and basic training are stressful. Like they train you to be humble, to get rid of this idea of entitlement that you deserve, you know, as much as you can get your hands on and like, because those things don't save you when the shit hits the fan. Um, when the rules go out the window, you need to be strategic. And to be strategic means you've got to suppress, you know, your, your kind of self-interests other than, you know, survival. Um, and so when he talks about accounting, I, I've, I've 
counted all my gains as a loss for Christ, um, and everything is a loss. Um, he's using these kind of, I don't even know if I'd call them like principles, like the army had, you know, leadership, loyalty, duty, respect, selfless service, honor, integrity, personal courage. They're not even like spoken, but if you're in a military community, you know that th- life is fleeting. You know, even if you're a dependent, you know, your, your spouse or your, your parent might deploy for who knows how long for, you know, uh, and may not come back. And the legions, uh, the legionaries, the, the Italian soldiers, weren't allowed to marry. Um, and the, but the auxiliaries, which Jesus would have been in contact with, were allowed to marry. And they were, you know, they had more of what you might think of as a kind of a contemporary military experience. Um, sure, they might deploy, but they can marry and they have, you know, some stable pay, but they don't have the same kind of bonuses that the legionaries had, which who had to remain single, couldn't marry until they got out, carried a vice economy wherever they went because of that. Um, and also the legionaries were all but encouraged to extort locals because that would incentivize them to doing their doing their job, you know, making their life as comfortable as possible often results, you know, given that assuming they've had training and, and discipline and everything, you make their life comfortable in garrison uh, and make them happy and they're more loyal to you. They often can do better uh, under stress. Um, so Paul, though he may not, you know, fully know the language he's using, I, I think he does. I'm trying to be honest and think like, well, maybe, maybe he's just kind of throwing stuff out there and seeing what sticks. But as a, um, as a military veteran myself, like that resonates with me. Um, the, the subject of loss and becoming like someone in death, like that speaks to martyrdom in the Christian, you know, kind of imagination. But that comes out of a military experience. You know, the persecutions began in the army in the early church. Um, and so becoming like someone in death or modeling your life after someone who has died sure sounds a lot like, you know, Memorial Day and memorials within the military, reflecting on the good things they've done uh, and, and remembering what great friendship you had is comes out of, you know, for me, because it was so formative in my experience, was military service, right? And, you know, you might have family members that you might, you know, look up to, but, like, that's what the, makes the military so incredible. It's like you don't have to be family to get to a point of just almost absolute trust in another person. And not always. I, I, you know, there's some bad leaders and bad soldiers, um, but I, for one, haven't found something like that in the civilian world. And so Saul is drawing upon that because he knows his audience. If he's anything, he's a gifted writer and speaker, and he knows the kinds of things that connect with his audience. And in Philippi, that audience is military veterans and, and their families and dependents. Um, and so the idea that, you know, early church you know, didn't serve is just preposterous. And hopefully that, that myth can be dispelled if, among other things, we, we read this letter uh, a little bit more closely and, and with an open mind. A prayer for a person in trouble or bereavement from the Book of Common Prayer. Merciful God, who has taught us that in your holy word you do not willingly afflict or grieve anyone, 
Look with pity upon the sorrows of your servants for whom our prayers are offered. Remember them, O Lord, in mercy. Nourish their souls with patience. Comfort them with a sense of your goodness. Lift up your countenance upon them and give them peace. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Thank you for falling in to First Formation, where Pew Pew HQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hardy folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. If you like what you've heard, you can participate in one of the three following ways. First, you can support the podcast by clicking the link in the show notes. Or, if you serve military families, subscribe to First Forward, a paid subscription feed providing commentary on Sunday lectionary texts a week in advance. Use it for sermon prep or just because you support the troops. Second, you can become a co-host by recording a lectionary reading for a future episode. Instruction will be provided, and you don't have to be a grunt to collaborate with PewPewHQ in this or any way. Finally, you can also record and send prayer requests of a minute or less. Prayers can be included in an episode, read anonymously if you wish, or kept private for me to pray for off of air. So there you have it. Three ways to participate in First Formation. I hope you'll continue to listen, even if I haven't convinced you to fall in. This has been Brother Logan Isaac. Always faithful, always family. Semper Familia.